Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles, we give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else happens to come to mind during the course of the conversation. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, joining me today is Matt from Tall Can Audio. Matt, if you would, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into craft beer, and what you do when you're not talking about beer or drinking beer. Wow, there's not a whole lot of times where I'm not either drinking beer or talking about beer. Um, <laughs> Matt Robinson, yeah, and, and I have my own uh, you know, podcast as well. It's called Tall Can Audio, and the idea loosely when we started the show was we mainly wanted to talk about sports and culture and whatever was going on, but we wanted the show to feel like pub talk right just sitting around the table with your buddies and so um we decided well what better way to sort of lean into that atmosphere than to have a beer with each show and and talk about what we're sipping on and early on um we hadn't really sunk our teeth into the craft thing there was a lot of imports there was a lot of other things going on but this was around 2015 that we started the show and the craft scene across ontario was exploding so it became really easy to constantly have new beers to try each time. And, and it slowly morphed into uh, being mostly about craft. But I mean, um, <laughs> I grew up in a house where it was Molson Canadian and that was about it. There wasn't much uh, experimenting. That's what my dad drank. And so early on, that's what I drank. Um, and yeah, I, I just sort of dabbled later on, um, you know, maybe in my early twenties with, uh, there was a couple guys I was working with that had traveled the world a lot. So they were getting me to try a bunch of imports and most of it, I just, I wasn't ready yet. It was, no, ugh, I don't want to try new stuff. It wasn't any good. <laughs> um, and I had a guy who I've known for a very long time who thought he had my tastes pinned down. He goes, I want to take you just outside your comfort zone, but not far enough that it's going to freak you out. So he gave me something from, I believe it's Irish, uh, I can't remember, but it's called Tenants. You've probably had it. It's in a bunch of pubs. It's available in the LCBOs now. But back, oh, I don't know, 2005 or so, that was an experimental beer for Matt. That was a big moment to kind of step out and be like, all right, I like this. And, <laughs> and so it turned out he was right. And he kind of became my spiritual guide for a little while on trying out different beers. Uh, and then by the time we got to 2015 and, and starting up our podcast and the craft thing was exploding, I was ready to be trying all kinds of new stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just one of those guys who came up through college drinking Molson Canadian or whatever was cheapest at the bar and this gradually kind of branched out from there. Uh, as I said to you kind of before we started, I'm, I would never, ever call myself a beer expert. I don't know much about how it's made. I'm not a huge um you know, I, I'd never try and puff my chest out, even on our show about this. I know, and this and that, I just like beer. I'm just an enthusiast. I want to try different stuff. Uh, just the other day, someone brought in for me to try a, uh, an IPA that was like mango and habanero. And I was like, that just sounds weird, but I have to see what that's all about. I have to try it. <laughs> I have to know what that's like. Right. So that's really all it was for me. It was just sort of this gradual increase into being more willing to try beers. And by the time we started up our podcast with that sort of uh, background of trying a different beer with each show, I was ready to to branch out and, and this and that. It, it's it's been so much fun, right? It's this hobby, and now when you run into other craft beer people like yourself, it's an easy icebreaker. It's something cool to talk about. So that's really my right. uh, long winded journey, I suppose, through the craft beer world. Oh no, that's that that that's not that's not that long winded at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I use uh I, I use my love of beer and my my voluminous amounts of useless knowledge about beer and other things to strike up conversations with people at breweries and pubs sure. to, uh, to break the ice. And, 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 you know, knowing like, especially if you're at a brewery, you already know you have something in common. You both like good beer. 
That's right. So it makes it it makes it real easy to uh, just start up a conversation. I mean, I mean, I've been known just to turn to someone and go, "Hey, I'm Rob. What do you think of that beer?" <laughs> right. Why not? Like you say, easy icebreaker, right? Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So so uh, that's that's awesome. You know, uh, I've always said no one has to be an expert to be on my show. You just have to either like beer or have an opinion about beer. That's all right. I. That's all I require. Um, and, and you know and preferably i'd like it if you'd also drink beer on my show because i drink beer on my show and it's no fun to drink alone <laughs> no exactly i've had the same conversation and i've had some guests on because we're not specifically a beer show i've had some guests you know in, from the sports world who you know um i had a guest i really wanted to have on a year or so ago and she had told me ahead of time i always kind of lay it out we like to have a beer on the show it's not mandatory if that's not your thing she said, I really want to come on the show. Like, I'm open to doing it, but I have, uh, I'm have i celiac, right? And so I guess most beers for people with that medical condition are, are out. It's, right. It doesn't work. And I still badly wanted to have her on. So we just dropped that segment right at the beginning of the show. We don't necessarily talk about the beer. But I would say, you know, we just passed 900 episodes. I would say about 850 of them have featured a beer of some kind or another, right? And and that's all nice. it is. Come on in, have a sip on something, and, and let's just talk. Well, uh, for future reference, file this somewhere in the back of your brain. Glutenberg beers. They are gluten-free, and they are good. Hey, I have a sister <laughs> with the same condition, and uh, she's always looking for different stuff to be able to try. So I will absolutely keep that in mind. Glutenberg, okay. Yeah, Glutenberg. It's an easy enough name to remember because celiacs can't have exactly. gluten. <laughs> yeah, no, what's the, uh, there's another one. I think it's Heineken that is apparently safe for... But they've made it very clear they don't go out of their way to, like, make sure that they are a gluten-free beer. It just happens to be that their process makes them gluten-free. So, like, they're happy to have people, you know, with celiac try their beer if, if they can. But they make no promises that at no point in the brewing process there wasn't a cross-contamination of some kind or, or what. I'm pretty sure it's Heineken. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That it happens to be gluten-free, but they don't promise you know yeah yep awesome well well today folks we are going to be talking about a style that is near and dear to my heart it has many different varieties and facets to it we are talking about stouts so uh for for those who are interested uh, stouts are a dark beer that is top fermented and by top fermented i mean that it the yeast that it uses is an ale yeast so it ferments at warmer temperatures unlike things that are lagers which use bottom fermenting yeast which means that it ferments at lower temperatures uh, there's a number of variations on stouts including dry or irish stout oatmeal stout milk stout oyster stout chocolate stout and imperial stout just to name a few um you know it's funny uh there's there's the ongoing uh, argument between beer nerds between porters and stouts and if you take it back far enough to their origin they're the same damn beer uh <laughs> Stouts, stout was originally a term um, that actually just meant strong uh, for beer. It was first coined to use strong in the uh, in the uh, late 14th century, and the first actual written proof that it was used to describe a beer as strong was in six, uh, 1677. Um, a book. Oh, what's it called? It's called the uh, the the Edgerton Manuscript. Uh, is the first mention of the word stout oh, sure, to I'm to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it uh, it was the first mention uh, of, of a beer being uh, stout, which meant strong. And what's funny, up until uh, up until the the late seventeen hundreds, the term stout just meant strong. So you could actually find a stout pale ale if you were looking for one. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until the year of the American Revolution, seventeen seventy six, that uh, that uh, it became known as a as the for the you know for the dark beers uh for for the strong for the strong porters Uh, and that's when that connotation started and it's kind of stuck around ever since Hmm. um porters started yeah yeah you know uh porters started out in london Uh, it was a brown beer that was cheap and fairly robust and it was very popular with porters hence the name um (laughs) Uh, it was it was sold in large volumes uh, all throughout the UK, and uh, in the 1700s, it started getting exported out uh, to 
to uh, then Ireland at the time, um, and then the rest of the world by the 19th century. Um, you know, it was it was it was a thing, and it's been around ever since. I mean, it's it's a great beer. Uh, it's one of my favorite styles. Give, given uh, the choice between most beers, uh, if a stout is available, that's the one I'm going to grab. <laughs> No, I'm right with you there, right? And and listeners to my show will, will are sick of me at this point in the year saying it's stout season, right? As the weather starts to cool, um, especially up here in Ottawa, we get these hardy winters. You're ready for something a little thicker, a little heavier to uh, to fortify you against the elements. I don't know what you're talking about with this stout season. Every season is Every- stout season, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's true. <laughs> I'm the guy who'll sit out on the porch when it's 40 degrees out and uh, have an imperial stout <laughs> while while I'm barbecuing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there. But uh, a lot of people won't follow us, right? So I'm, I'm you know, and it, it's one of those things as as we work through our show all summer, um, it's harder to find stouts, right? Most breweries go into summer mode, right? They're sours and they're right. IPAs and this and that. Uh, I'm still down to have a stout whenever possible, but they just are are less ubiquitous, you know, as we kind of roll through the summer months. Now that's why you got to prepare like I do. So when when they when they come out when it's this warm weather, you buy it by the flat and throw it in the that's cooler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You got to fortify, right? It's like uh, almost the opposite of hibernating, right? At the end of the winter, you make sure you stock up on all your stouts. That's right. You got to have all your stouts so you can carry through. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Um, Sawdust City uh, has a has a a stout that they typically come out with every year called uh, Blood of Cthulhu. It's a it's a it's an imperial it's an imperial stout with uh, cranberries and raspberries, and I buy it by the flat uh, so that I make sure I have enough to get me through (laughs) the rest of the year until it comes out again. (laughs) Nice. Right. Got to learn from you, man. That's how to do it. That, 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 well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I have my own brewing space out in the garage and I've got a commercial cooler with taps on it and the whole bit. So I buy a lot of beer and make sure that cooler is nice and full. Right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So I, I am actually going to be drinking a beer from Sawdust City today, but it's not going to be Blood of Cthulhu. I'm drinking, uh, it's a new, new barrel aged, uh, bourbon barrel aged, uh, imperial stout that they've released called Titania. Uh, comes in a nice black can it's got it's got a hilarious little story on the back about uh being the favorite beer of the king of uranus and and how he uh he took he he took uh several barrels home with him on his last trap trip here to earth and then decided to stop over at the uranus's uh uh biggest moon titania and by the time he got there he realized how lovely a barrel aged stout could be it's pretty funny Right. See, I like stuff like that. When you put a little extra into it, right into the presentation, I think that's cool. And uh, some of them come off a little corny, but I would still prefer not that this one did, but I would still prefer that than than just the, yeah, here's our stout, right? And it, I don't know. Yeah, the whole idea is to be have a little fun, right? To make it a hobby. So I think that's kind of neat. So um, this thing is is nice and jet black. Look at that. Gorgeous. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in preparing for this. Um, you and I talked almost a month ago now about, uh, lining this up and I know I'm always into a stout. And so then it sort of snuck up on me and I had a stout or two in my fridge, uh, knowing <laughs> that this was coming, but someone sent me a link to uh, a stout that I immediately needed to try. And it was, uh, from beyond the pale, which is a brewery for those who haven't heard of it here in Ottawa. Um, they make the some darkness? really nice stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Is it the darkness? It is not the darkness, although I've had that multiple times and enjoyed it. This is, I believe it's new. Um, it's a Mexican Imperial Stout, and it's called Dark and Picante. And oh, that's not I, new. No, okay, well, it's new to me. <laughs> it's new to you, but it's a fantastic beer. Oh, okay. If you haven't had it yet, you're going to love it. Well, this is my problem. As I knew I, this was coming, um, I was like, that's a beer I badly want to try, and so I'm going to make it happen for this appearance when we're going to sit down and talk about stouts. And just this week, I've been into two separate LCBOs, and it was sold out. I was like, oh. this can't possibly be happening. And so now, all of a sudden, I'm up against the clock. I know I have these couple in my fridge, but you know we're supposed to talk about our background and our history with the, this style and whatever. So it's an always appropriate fallback plan for me. And I don't want the brewers here, if they happen to hear this, I don't want them to think that, you know, they were ever second choice. This is one of my favorite stouts, uh, and that's sort of 
the reason that I ended up here, right? As I thought I would be going with the dark and Picanti, but um, failing that, I wanted to go with a stout that I've always loved. So this is the Brown Cow Milk Stout from the Calabogie Brewing Company. And I have always loved this stout, especially in the winter. It's thick, but it's kind of sweet. It's got that chocolate and coffee kind of thing tied right into it. You can taste a little bit of vanilla. They say there's some brown sugar to it. I don't get that off of it a whole lot, but it's a very nice um, beer. It's always been one of my favorite stouts, you know, over the last however many years as I've been discovering the craft beer world. If I walk into an LCBO or a beer store or whatever, and they don't have what I'm looking for, but I see that, I'm always still happy. I go, okay, cool. Like at least <laughs> they still have this one thing that I always love every time. And so that's what I'll be riding with today is the Brown Cow Milk Stout from Calabogie. That's a, that's a good stout. I've had that one. Um, it, it, it's a little, it's got a little too much coffee, uh, for, for my, for my general tastes. Um, I'm more into the chocolate, uh, end, end of things. But, uh, as you get into a lot of stouts, you get that coffee flavor because of the, uh, the type of malts that they use. And depending on the, the ratios that they use, you might or might not have a more coffee forward flavor than you would with some other ones. Um, I believe the one that I'm going to have today has coffee flavor to it because I think it's a variation on their uh, Long Dark Voyage um, from Sawdust City. But this one has the addition of coconut in it. So that's what intrigued me because I love a good coconut stout. So, Well, the funny thing for me about a beer like this with the uh, the espresso tie to it and, and like so many other stouts, like you say, there's they're kind of coffee forward. I don't drink coffee. I don't like coffee. Um, yeah, same way here. <laughs> I've never been a coffee person at all. Um, I do, for whatever reason, when I wake up in the morning, like if other people around are having coffee, I do like the smell of it, but I've just never mm-hmm. been a coffee person. And yet a good, strong coffee stout or uh, espresso stout or whatever, no problem. Like really enjoy that. So it's, it's sort of odd that the way it plays out, but uh, this one. But it's not a- really. No. It, no, because um, if you're drinking coffee, you're just getting coffee flavor. If you're getting a, a stout, you're also getting that that uh, that that chocolatey and that sweet mm-hmm. uh, biscuity, bready uh, from from all the and and the sugary flavor. So you're you're not just getting coffee; you're getting everything that that wraps around it. So the coffee, you know, even even if it's the most forward part of it, you're still getting those other flavors. So you're not just it's not just coffee. It's no, coffee right. and yeah. <laughs> so I've always liked this one. Uh, when I mentioned, you know, we started our show in, in 2015 here um, and it quickly branched out from being imports to craft. And the first craft brewery here around Ottawa that I kind of fell in love with, is called the Nita beer company. And mm-hmm. um, I, I actually ordered their beer vent calendar yeah. this year. Okay. So, so <laughs> did I, I, and I had five of them just delivered yesterday at the time that we sit here and record. Cause I have uh, a cousin an uncle, my dad, uh, like there's a group of us that do it every year. So they all get delivered here because all those people live out of town. So uh, I have the five gotcha. of them currently sitting in my spare bedroom, taking up all kinds of space. Um, no, I, I, I don't know what happened, guys. They only shipped exactly. three, uh, <laughs> two. They only shipped two. Must have fallen <laughs> off the truck, right? So, yeah, I, I love. Uh, and so, for people who aren't familiar, yeah, that's something that Nita started two or three years ago, um, and they included all kinds of other. It started off mostly local around here in Ottawa, and then it gradually started to branch down the four hundred one, and they have uh, breweries province wide now, and it's twenty different craft or twenty four different craft beers for twenty four days um yep throughout december it's fantastic but there are only maybe four or five blocks from where i live oh and no so, yeah we <laughs> oh getting, no <laughs> we were getting ready to go away for a cottage weekend and i said you know instead of just going and getting the beer that i always get i'm gonna go down to nita and see what they have and uh one of the ones that i grabbed uh was called perfectum and that's their stout and it, it was good. And, and there's a bunch of other stuff that I had from their brewery. Uh, one of the ones that stands out the most, it was extremely controversial around our family cottage was called uh, Mr. Brown has gone coconuts. And it was <laughs> heavy on the coconut flavor. And I loved it, right? I've always any kind of sweets or treats or whatever that had coconut in it. I was all in on that. So now I had a beer with it, but it was strong, right? And I had uh, one member of my family who absolutely loved it when I brought it. Another who said it tastes like suntan lotion, to which I had to ask, how do you know what suntan lotion tastes like? Um, hey, don't judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's got to do what they got to do on a long weekend, right? 
but it was a controversial <laughs> choice. And um, but ever since then, you know, I've really liked uh, a lot of the stuff that that Nita does. But that was one of the first craft stouts I ever picked up was the Perfectum from from Nita, and it's not a it doesn't have a lot of crazy outlier flavors. Like it's not over the top on any one thing. It's just kind of a good standard stout. And so I still have a lot of time for that in my rotation as well. But um, yeah, that, that was the kind of the, the craft stout that, uh, that reeled me in and, and confirmed, you know, outside of your Guinness and your stuff like that, that yes, this is, this is the beer style for Matt. Well, I tell you what, Matt, if you can, if you can get a hold of some of this from Sawdust City, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sawdust City, um, they're in Gravenhurst. If you're not, um, <laughs> this is, this, this is, uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I didn't really have any doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I've never had a bad beer from these guys. And, uh, I actually had Sam, uh, Sam, the head brewer on my show, uh, last, uh, earlier in my first season. Uh, I think he was like episode four or something like that. Um, but yeah, this, this, uh, not not real coconut heavy, but it's coconut and heavy chocolate and vanilla, and you get uh, because it's uh, bourbon barrel aged. You get that nice uh, you get that nice vanilla and oaky. Yeah. Um, it's really it's really nice. It's thick but not cloying, so it okay. it doesn't you know it's not overly sweet and it doesn't doesn't hang around in your mouth for for too long. It's you know it's not like a bad house guess that sticks around forever. <laughs> <laughs> it it's absolutely fantastic and and you know it comes in at, at just just a mere 11.9%. Well, so it's it, it's eh? it's a perfect session stout. <laughs> now you may be able to help me out here cuz I went well in the before times, right? Before the pandemic. In the before four times, yes. Yeah. Um there's a place here in Ottawa and actually it closed through the pandemic which kind of sucks, but it was called uh, Oh. Uh, bureaucracy. And a bureaucracy and um the whole deal was that's all they served was craft beers and so i would love dropping in there on you know a saturday afternoon or whatever sit out on their patio and just try some stuff they had a stout that again was uh, and maybe the thickest imperial stout i've ever tried it was right around 12 percent, and i'm pretty sure it was from blood brothers and it was thick and i my dad and i had two of them i think it was father's day or uh, one of our birthdays. I can't remember. There was a reason that we were out. Uh, my mom and my sister had been there, but they headed off somewhere else, and we stuck around and kept trying beers. And we closed the day down with this Blood Brothers 12% stout. And I swear, you've walked out of this bar feeling like you'd had a couple of drinks. <laughs> like, it was stiff. But it was really good, too. Um, and any place like that that I go into now, the first thing I ask is, what's your, you know, what's your best stout? What are people drinking right now on the on the darker side of things? And, uh right uh, it's it's just become my go-to right and like you said throughout the summer whatever it's always stout season like i got time for somebody dropping in with a really dark beer uh, a porter a stout a brown something like that it's always time right oh always time it's right it's always stout season as far as i'm concerned my wife and i have an ongoing mock argument that uh there's no such thing as a session stout because I said if it's less, if it's five percent or less, it's a session stout. And she's like, "There's no such thing as a session stout." I'm like, "Fine, then we'll call them summer stouts." Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> See, that works. It's a nice, light, easy stout, right? Which you don't hear about all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, but, up here but that I go ahead. Sorry, I, uh, there, there, there are there are a few there are a few really good lower ABV stouts, and, and Guinness is one of them. I mean, Guinness yep. comes in at under five percent, and. uh Nickelbrook Brewing, uh, which is one of my other favorite breweries, that they're only like forty minutes away from me or whatever. They've got one uh, used to be called Cheeky Bastard. Now it's called uh, I think they call it Night Shift or something like that. They changed the name of it, but it comes in at like five percent. It's a great. I've tried that Cheeky Bastard. It's very good. Like it's really yeah, it, it's 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 a nice low ABV yep. stout. I mean, you it's one you can sit on the patio and you can drink six of them and not feel overly guilty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. One I should mention up here because I, I love the brewery and I love the guys and, and I've had uh, here in our studio, we have a, uh, a keg fridge for, uh, again, from the before times and we had guests in all the time. Uh, we like to, to have a beer on tap. Now it's a little tougher because, you know, it's we're starting to open things back up and people come into the studio for the show a little bit more often. But, um, you know, it's it's been tough readjusting back into uh, normal world uh, procedures, but. 
uh, up here, there's a brewery called uh, the Vimy Brewing Company. And um, they're kind of in downtown Ottawa here. And they're stout for me. Uh, I've mentioned Calabogie, which I really like. I've mentioned Nita, which I really like. I think the Vimy Stout is the best stout coming out of Ottawa right now. And it is something that I routinely get a keg of and put in our studio keg fridge for people to come in and try. And I, when I first got the keg fridge, historically, I would put something lighter than that in the fridge because you never know who was coming in. Not everybody loves the stouts, right? It's, it's right. sometimes an acquired taste. The Vimy Stout is something that somehow your stout lovers enjoy, but your more casual beer drinkers or people who don't always love the really dark stuff also get into and, and seem to go, oh, I didn't expect to like this, but I do. Uh, so the guys from Vimy, uh, I should also mention, I'm a little bit biased. Um, they grew up in Oshawa. I grew up in Oshawa. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> You're from probably, the dirty schwa, exactly, are you? Exactly, <laughs> right? So that's part of my loyalty to them. Um, they loved the generals growing up just like I did. And and they they both put in time with the uh, their brothers, and they both put in time with the Canadian military. So as we sit here and record, I'm not sure when you're going to release this, but as we sit here and record right around Remembrance Day, uh, we're shouting out the Vimy Brewing Company as well, who, for my money, are putting out the best stout in Ottawa. You can shout out to anybody you like. I'm all about uh, shout outs, shameless promotions, and what have you. <laughs> but just know that that I record so far in advance because okay. I put I, I put out feelers and uh, I got I got uh, 35 responses. So I have 35 episodes to record. That's um, awesome. So. Re- yeah, so th- this will actually be um, season two, episode sixteen, which will wow, come out okay. uh, in like the end of April, beginning of May of twenty twenty two. All right. Well, at the time we talked, it was close to remember. Right. Oh no, no. You know, that, that's all good. It was like uh, I, I was recording. I, I recorded a session. Uh, was it Tuesday? Was it Wednesday? I can't remember. I'm like, I, I, I'm uh, today's one of the days where I'm double, double recording. So I have your show. And then as soon as we're done, I have to prep for my next show, which is, uh, which is on Sours with, uh, with a, uh, a craft brewery uh, bar out of uh, Ohio, oh, uh, wow. which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I, in case you don't know, I'm originally from the States. I'm actually from Illinois. I moved up to Canada three years ago. Um, uh, retired from my re- retired from my job in IT, where I attained the highest level I could possibly go. I was a C level executive for a medical corporation, and uh, my wife. Uh, when I married my wife, she's from she's from here in Canada. She's like, I don't want to move to the states because of the political climate. Would you right. be opposed to moving to Canada? So I'm like, No, I can retire early and move to Canada. All there right. You go. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, I've been here then. for three. Yeah, I saw in your yeah, profile. I, uh, Aspiring Canadian, I think is what you call it. I, I am, yep. I am uh, I am eligible to take the citizenship test in July 2022. So I will be taking the citizenship test in July of 2022. Well, I'm, always, <laughs> I'm always curious, you know, with, with people such as yourself, is that something, you know, obviously you've come up here and, and you're, you know, settling here and making time. Is it important? to you to become a citizen or is it one of those things that maybe is it more is. important to your wife or no it's important to me um one of the things that's the most frustrating thing about not being a citizen and living here in canada is i have no say when it right. comes to any anything that that has anything to do with policies i sure. can't yeah. vote on anything uh, i can't even like run for a local alderman or con you know counselor's School office here counselor. in town yeah you know, or whatever, whatever. I don't know what they're they're called locally here. Uh, you know, in in the states, they're aldermen, uh, and right. here it's like uh, councilors or whatever they are. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't run for any local office if I, I don't have the aspirations to do so. But it's nice to have the the option that if I ever decided I was fed up with things that I could I could try and run for an office. But yeah, I can't do any of that. And and uh, I'm really big into people f- f- fulfilling their civic duties and voting. Mm-hmm. You can't complain about things if you don't actually vote about them. Well, right you know. That. And and I you know I'm one of these people. I don't care what political party you, you're a member of. We can still talk and be friends. We can have our differences. But but you know you have to vote to be able to complain about the government. Agreed there, hundred percent. Yeah, you got to take part, right? Right. Yeah. If you don't participate, your argument is invalid. So right. yeah, it is important. It is important to me that I become a citizen. Um, you know, I, I plan on once I get my Canadian citizenship. I actually plan on. Um, 
relinquishing my U.S. citizenship because there there's no real advantage to, to being a, a dual dual citizen in U.S. Canada because uh, then I'm beholden to both tax wise and right. it's a big liability tax tax wise, um, and the freedoms are are pretty much the same exact ones that I have anyway. So it doesn't matter if I'm no in Canada or if... governments with their hand in your pocket. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that, 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 that's my feeling on the whole thing. But yeah, you know, I've, uh, I've fully embraced uh, the, the, the culture here because it was so easy moving from Illinois. It's the same culture. <laughs> you know, the only like thing that changed all the differences, but really we're more the same than not. It's, no, no. You want to know what the real differences are between yeah. uh, where I'm from in the United States and where I moved to here in Canada? One, uh, the money is different colors. And two, everyone drives too damn slow. That's the differences. <laughs> because because 100 k kilometers per hour is only 62 miles an hour. Right, okay. And, <laughs> yeah, that would and our highways, yeah, our highways. Uh, in Illinois, they all switched everything over to seventy to seventy-five miles per hour. Right. Uh, and depending on where you're at, some of some of them they're testing out doing you know eighty miles per hour. And in parts of Michigan, it is eighty miles per hour, which is one hundred and thirty kilometers per hour. So you know that's that's what I'm used to. And you know, I moved up here. I'm like, man, everything moves so slow. It's like a slower lifestyle. Even, you know, everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, everything moves slow up here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I should ask you, are there substantial beer differences? Because obviously you would know better than anybody I've spoken to between Illinois and Ontario. Yeah, you know, so so uh, the, there's not a lot of differences in terms of quality. There is a huge difference in terms of quantity. Right. Um, Canada is about 10 years behind the United States in terms of craft brewing scene. Um, now, chronologically they're about 30 years behind but in terms of the uh, of the progression of where they're at they're about 10 years behind where the US is but that that's actually a good thing that means we've uh, here in Canada we've yet to see the best that's going to happen with craft brewing um right now you know in the US there was a, there was a super steep curve at first where it was like all these craft breweries are still opening and they're still on an upward trend right now. It's just, it's starting to level off where here in Canada, it's like, you know, it's, it's still in that steep part of the curve where there's just new breweries opening all the time. I mean, I think when I moved here, I think there was like, I think there was 600, uh, 600 total breweries in Ontario. And now, uh, I think last year when I was talking to, uh, to uh, somebody, I think they're up to like just over 800 or something like that. So, I mean, right. it's, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I live I live in Brantford, which is not a big city. I mean, no, it's a hundred thousand. Really well, though. I've been there a pile of times, and uh, the only yeah, I so it, Bell City, right? It's, uh... Yeah, Bell City. So the, for the longest time, Bell City was all that was here because I mean, um, but you know, I live I live on the 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 rural side of Brantford, uh, more out towards farm country, and within twenty minutes of me, I've got five or six breweries wow. okay if i expand if if i expand my radius out to an hour away from me that goes up to like 30 breweries within an hour of me so this is this is i mean we are living in the in, in the great times in in terms of of uh craft brewing scene here because it's it's really ramping up i mean there's there's a uh, there's a brewery called mash paddle that is literally five minutes away from me uh down the road uh, there's another fantastic brewery that my wife and I discovered uh, just a few weeks back, uh, about a month ago, called Flux Brewing, which is in Scotland, Ontario, which is a tiny little uh, burg. What is it about <laughs> Brantford? That's, there's a Paris out there. There's a Scotland. There's a... Yeah, well, yeah, there's a Scotland. There's there, there's all sorts. I mean, <laughs> I'm still waiting to see if there's like a Reykjavik, Ontario. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, you you could literally take you you could literally take a tour of like European right. named towns <laughs> and spend like four hours driving to all these cool towns. Oh yeah, I was in I was in Scotland and I was in Paris and. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's so <laughs> odd. <right>? London. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great well, one. Yeah. You know, and then and then uh I mean if you think about it, uh Kitchener used to be called Berlin. So yep. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> I do want to ask you then, because I'm curious, like it's, it's I I don't want to feel like I'm taking over your show. I just I have questions for somebody like you who's so well versed in the you know, in the scene. Sure. I, 
I last, uh, I'd heard about it a few times. I'd maybe tried one or two different things, but I wonder where you stand on like breweries getting crazy, right? And being really weird with stuff. And to me, stouts are a great place to take off from that because it lays down this thick base, but then you can do a lot of things. And and specifically last winter um, in that uh, Nita advent calendar, they had uh, something from the five paddle brewing company that was a coconut cream pie stout. And mm-hmm. I loved it. You know, you and I talked at the very beginning here about enjoying. I've actually had that stout. It's yeah, great. <laughs> it was really good. And so the stout became this base kind of to lay that down. And so uh, very early in the new year, kind of January, February, I checked out their website and they had multiple different stouts with weird, crazy, you know, variants <laughs> to it. Right. And, Sorry. I have a, I, I have a cat trying to climb into the picture. <laughs> I'd love to be on the show, right? Why not? Look, it, it to me, I have time for that sort of thing. I, I really enjoy the idea that somebody's going to create a, a coconut cream pie stout or a chocolate shake mm-hmm. stout or a whatever. But a lot of people will sort of, the traditionalists maybe or whatever, they, they'll kind of give you that sideways eye on, no, a stout is... Yeah, they, they, they poo-poo it, yeah. Right, whereas I'm just like, no, this is supposed to be fun. Like, whatever, try some stuff, right? And And it seemed like, Five Paddles had like a base stout and then they just weren't afraid to try all kinds of different flavors on top of it. And I loved like 90% of the ones I tried. I'm all for that. Um, uh, Stouts are are a fantastic beer to play around with too, because if you mess them up, there's enough stuff going on in a stout that you can, you can usually, uh, you can usually save it. uh, Even if you mess, mess it up because you know, um, the, the chocolate and the coffee and, and, uh, the sweetness will, will cover a lot of mistakes that you can't do that with like, you know, your pilsners and, right. and, 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 and things like that, because there's no room to hide those. There's nothing, you know, you, you can hide a shit ton of mistakes in one of those super <laughs> hazy milkshake smoothie, Northeast IPA hot bombed things because you can oh no this is the way it's supposed to taste that's what we meant <laughs> yeah, yeah no i'm all i'm yeah. right i'm all for breweries experimenting i was actually uh i can't remember it was one of the two shows i recorded yesterday i was talking about that i have a friend who uh who i got into craft brewing and now he's like he, he's got now he's got these big aspirations of starting a, a brewery and things I'm like hey cool you know I, I just want to brew beer that I can drink and I like and and uh, things like that but he's very much okay I am brewing a, a doppelbach and I have to follow the guidelines put right. down by the, uh, the, the the by the Brewers Guild and, and I'm like cool I'm I, I'm brewing a doppelbach but I'm gonna switch out this malt for a little bit of this yeah. malt and I'm gonna I'm going to add some of this to it and I'm going to take some of this away because I want to play around and I want to try different flavor combinations. <laughs> yeah, like a mad scientist, right? Just in there Exactly, exactly. In let's see what happens, right? I, I mean, I my that. uh I I'm I, I'm I'm an avid home brewer. I've got uh, tons of recipes. I mean, to be fair, I was originally when I moved here, my wife and I had talked about uh starting up a brewery until I discovered how many fucking hoops you have to jump yeah. through in Ontario yeah. to open a brewery and how many damn licenses you need. It's crazy. In Ontario, you need, I think it's like five licenses. If you want to make beer, mm. sell beer, yes, transport beer, sell it by the glass and allow people into your facility to drink it. Uh, it, it in Illinois, where I'm from, I needed two, a state license and a federal excise tax license. Right. And that was it. You know, <laughs> so I don't know. Work up here, our bureaucracy. Yeah, so so we we were talking about it, and we had all the we had all sorts of money earmarked towards uh, starting up a brewery, and then we got to talking about all the rigmarole, and she's like, "Well, you realize if we start a brewery, you won't have a vacation for at least five years while we're getting everything going." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, why don't we just have a kick-ass home brewery and yeah. buy everyone else's beer?" <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a much better approach for sure. It's I think I think it was a well and and it was um we, we, we came to our decision about three months before the pandemic hit. So I think it was probably a good decision. <laughs> I can only imagine. I what do you like when the pandemic hit, I actually started trying more local beers, first of all, because we were all stuck at home, but second of all, they all started offering home delivery, right? And there was yes. a bunch of stuff on the outskirts of Ottawa that were like, I, I don't have time to drive to Perth or to Kempville or to Orleans or whatever is going on here, kind of just outside the city. 
but if you're coming into town and dropping stuff off yes bring it right i will absolutely try it and i there's a bunch of stalwart is a brewery that i hadn't tried before they're like 45 minutes west of town and they started bringing stuff into town and so i was trying their stuff a lot and that happened a lot with um some breweries that i hadn't had much time with you know just because they were so far kind of out of town but if you're not right. running deliveries into the city i want to try your stuff and I don't well, think that's ever going away now. I think that's going to be a part of the business model for a lot of these. People. They they can't put that genie back in the no. bottle. No, the, uh, um, you know that that I have said this. I have said this on many recordings. The only good thing to come of this goddamn pandemic is the fact that uh, they started allowing uh, province wide shipping from yep. from all these little breweries. I mean, my wife and I love taking road trips and going to breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's better than that? Going to a website and saying, "Okay, yeah. I want to try. I want a mixed flat of everything you make. Send right. it to me, and then then I'll know if I'm in your area the next time. I'm stopping in or not." Yep. <laughs> no, and that that's exactly the way it went for me, right? I I don't know that I'd ever even heard of Stalwart Brewing Company before, and then I started seeing on Twitter that they were one of the first doing deliveries into town. I was like, "Yeah, sign me up!" And I bought a, a bunch of their stuff. Like you said, bring me a flat, one or two of everything you make. Let's try it here on the show. And then you discover a bunch of stuff that you like, and I've been back several times, right? So I think it's been good for business, and you're right. I don't see how you're going to be able to undo that, right? I think that's now part of the industry. There's a uh, there's a website. Uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, OBDI.ca. If you have not been to this website, it's the Ontario Beer Delivery Index website. O- yeah. OBDI.ca and it lists every brewery in Ontario and if they deliver or not and where they deliver to and all that stuff. It's great. Um, I, I use this actually. I was like, you know, let's find some beers that we haven't tried before. Mm-hmm. I went to the website and I literally just took my, my mouse scroll wheel and zipped it and wherever my mouse stopped, I was like, okay, let's see if they deliver I to us. And if they idea. delivered... Yeah, so you know, we got to try like all sorts of. I I, I got stuff from uh, New Ontario I had never heard of, and yeah, but uh, Bay or something, right? Uh, yeah, and um, um, Lake of the Woods I had never heard of them, and right. I, I now now they're one of my favorites. They make some fantastic beers. You know, it's like that's how I discovered uh, that's how I discovered Indy Ale House. That's how I discovered uh, Muddy York. It's right. like just randomly clicking on, on on these things on this website it's a fantastic I, mean, I actually brought it up on my computer now i'm like oh where the hell is where the hell is 46 north brewing oh they're in sudbury oh do they deliver to where i live <laughs> so this is one of the things right like that, that i um just the other day um now again this will be released a long time from now but whatever there's a whatever called uh uh, seven by thirty uh, or thirty six by seven. I can't. It's right there in um, uh, like Lakefield, right as you're coming. So I'm in Ottawa. My parents are down in Cottage Country, right, like near Bob Cage and Lindsay. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I'm actually I, I'm actually familiar with the area. We have we 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 have relatives that live in Bob Cajun and in Huntsville, so we're up that go. way on occasion. So all of a sudden, my friend tells me like, "Hey, have you tried that uh, 736?" And I'm like, "What's that?" Well, it's at Highway 7 and 36. You drive past there like dozens of times <laughs> a year. I would have expected you to know. I'm like, I had no idea. And there's a point there where there's, like, one intersection that has, like, a Tim Hortons and a McDonald's, and those are, like, your only options for hours in either direction. But if you turn right. left on 36 and just go down, like, a little bit, there's a brewery there that I guess is reasonably new. It's certainly new to me, and now all of a sudden <laughs> this is, like, the thing that I must try next, right? Is Because I'm passing it all the time. I might as well be running in there and, and grabbing breweries or grabbing right. uh, beers. And the other one that I've fallen more in love with, um, I grew up in Oshawa, as I mentioned earlier, and just north of Oshawa is a town called Port Perry, and they have a brewery called Old Flame. And I knew about them before the pandemic. I really, I love their red. Um, there's a couple other things they do that are really nice, but they came out with something called their Raven, but it was a limited edition, right? And it would only come in kind of those crowlers, right? And you had to go in and pick it up. And I was all over those guys. Like, you need to start making this a regular part of your rotation. I love their Raven. And so they did just before the pandemic started. And my mom <laughs> and dad, who both live down there, went to 
uh, as the pandemic was started, we're all isolating, we're all doing whatever. And it's sort of like a nice surprise. It's like a pick me up. They went and were one of that was one of the first, you know, days or weeks that we were allowed to send beer through the mail was they ordered like a case of this Raven and had it sent to me up here in Ottawa because obviously we weren't traveling and, and going down. Right. And it was like the turnaround of the month, right? Like this month sucks. <laughs> the world's closed. We're never getting <gasps> Raven. Like it's just here on your doorstep. <laughs> It like yeah, it was incredible, <laughs> and it's just like a German like Dunkel, uh, like it, but it's so good. I love and um now that the world has opened up a little bit more, and I've been back down there. You know, we always try and make a trip over to Old Flame and Port Perry as well. But that Raven is maybe you know that's probably a top three, a top five craft beer in in my world right now. Nice, nice. I've I've not heard of them. I will have to check them out. The highest. That's awesome. The highest recommended. Well, I mean, if it comes highly recommended from uh, Matt at Talk and Audio, how bad can it be? It's <laughs> true. I, I, I don't hand out my golden seal too often, but this is one of them for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, if uh, if if people are are, are interested uh, uh, in in stouts, uh, I've got several episodes on stouts. Uh, I know this isn't going to air until until well after this is gone but uh i'm telling you um you should you should hit sawdust city's website and order yourself some titania it's uh it's I'll a fantastic that, beer i've tried a bunch of stuff from them before it's always very good like they're a great brewery i haven't tried that beer so that will be a good reason to like you said dial them up get that delivery going and uh, and get some of that yeah in. well th- this just came out i think i think it came out like two weeks ago oh wow okay. um so it, it's fairly it's fairly new. Um, Sam, uh, the head brewery head brewer there, uh, posted a thing on on Twitter, um, which is really the only social media I'm really active on. I, I have an Instagram account, but I'm very terrible at. Uh, uh, I love Twitter. Uh, you know, Instagram is a pain. <laughs> and and, uh, and I dumped Facebook uh, almost two years ago. I walked away from Facebook. I just got tired of it. And. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, he announced he was doing uh, he was he was selling off a bunch of stuff that they had just been keeping in their cellar. Um, so I bought a bunch of stuff for a bunch of barrel aged beers from twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, and then I was like, well, you know what? I haven't tried this Italia yet. I got I guess I better get a few cans of that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's how it goes, right? You sometimes walk in there, and this happens over at Nita, and um, I, I walk in there, and like you know, we're selling this and this, but we're trying this. You want to? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I need to experiment here too and see what you got going on. So great. Yeah, this is a fantastic stout. So it's it's really fudgy. Um and it's got a nice vanilla and oaky hit on on uh, on about the middle of it. And uh you know, uh I I, I expected to have coffee because it's uh you know, because they talk about their long dark voyage, which is which is a very coffee forward uh, imperial stout. But I'm not getting any coffee out of this. It's all chocolate and vanilla and coconut. I mean, it is, and and it and you said you like coconut. It's yeah, fantastic. I I'm, it's not it's not super coconut forward, but there's plenty of coconut on the back end when you, when you, like when you open your mouth, you're like, oh, I just had coconut. Right. <laughs> it's not going to hit you like a bounty bar where it's all coconut up yeah. front, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like my type of, uh, of of pint for sure. So that'll be something I'll have to look into here in the next week or two, just especially before the uh, that Nita Advent calendar kicks in, because then you got something new every day, right? So yeah, I just uh, I just got a notification today that my uh, my Advent calendar from Nita shipped, so I should have Perfect. it probably. Uh, I should probably have it like Monday or Tuesday. Well, I shouldn't so. be surprised, I guess, being local here and like I said, only blocks away from them that i was one of the first delivered right uh, no well you know i tried to get it last year and i missed out um i i i i tried to get a few of them last year so i ended up getting uh brock street does one or did yeah. one last year and i and i tried to get the need one last year and like i was like oh yeah i need to do that and then i got distracted and by the time i got back to to the website to order it it was done they were yeah. they were out well, Andy's a guy who's supported our show for a long time. One of the first things we were able to do, you know, live as we were growing our show was uh, the Grey Cup for the CFL was held here in Ottawa. And so we had a bunch of CFL guests every day of Grey Cup week. And we went over and I, I spoke to Andy, who runs the Need a Beer Company, and said, hey, do you want to sponsor 
you know, our, our Grey Cup Week show, we're not looking for any money. We're just looking for beers for our guests. And uh, he said, yeah, and in exchange every day that week, we promoted Nita. And so we've been close with those guys ever since. And um, so that that craft beer calendar, you know, it started at like 800 of them they were able to make. And then the next year they moved up to like 10 or 1100 or 10 or 1000. Yeah, no, 1000 or 1100. I got you. I understand. Yeah. And uh, it just kept growing and growing in popularity. And at this point, he said uh, last year when he was on, they were at about 1500. And he said, I think that's where we're capped out because a lot of the smaller breweries that you're working with just aren't capable of, you know, making putting out enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he goes, that's cool. He said, there's a certain amount of, you know, this keeps it special, right. It keeps it in demand. It does. Yeah. It makes it feel it's no different than like a big concert or something like that. So there's only this many tickets and the fact that right. everyone's trying to get them makes it feel exclusive and special and whatever. So uh, because we well, had and this relationship, I was able to say to him, uh, ahead of time, like I need five again this year. He's like, right, oh, right. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, I, I fully support them keeping it, at, you know, to a reasonable level like that as well, too. I mean, because it gives it a certain amount of cachet, yeah. and it, uh, it, uh, it, it also, it also, you know, it drives demand. So, th- so if you, if you're all okay, you know, there's only fifteen hundred of them going to be made when they announce it. You hop right. on it, like, like this year. Right? <laughs> yeah, th- this this year. Um, as soon as I saw that it was announced, I hit their website yep. and I didn't yep. post anything about it until after I had exactly. confirmed my order. I was the exact <laughs> same way. Once I had mine ordered, I was willing to start tweeting about it and everything, but I was exactly. I was like, hey, I ordered mine. Click this link and you might yeah. be able to get one yourself. Exactly. Make sure you take care of business first. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, awesome. Well, man, we've been talking for about 50 minutes. Uh, I think this is probably a good good point to uh, to to get to the point where I say, hey, this is the end of the show. Sounds good, man. <laughs> if, I, I appreciate if, this. If, if, you, uh, if you enjoyed what you saw, please, uh, please click like. Uh, if you're really generous, uh, subscribe and click the little bell to be notified uh, when uh, new episodes come out. If you have any questions for me, leave them in the comment section below. If you have any questions for Matt, leave them in the comment section below and I will forward them on. If you have a suggestion for a beer style, a particular beer or a guest you'd like me to try and get on i mean i'm always willing to talk to anybody and i mean i i've been trying for for about a year now to get ryan reynolds to agree to to be on my show but i've yet to hear back from him <laughs> uh, i will i will do my damnedest to uh to uh to get any guests that you, you can think of uh you know other than that uh i'm rob from the internet until next time cheers <laughs>